This is Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is My Mind Emporium. Welcome to my podcast, everybody. I hope you guys are having a lovely, hot as hell, 4th of July weekend, honey. Girl, it's not even that hot here in Georgia, but I heard it's burning up everywhere. So I hope everybody is in a nice, cool environment and air conditions. Uh, got some nice cold bottle of water, some nice, uh, cold lemonade, some nice cold, um, just cold, okay? All right, we don't need y'all out there all in the hots and stuff. Um, so, I was on here about to laugh because I made the stupidest decision in my life. I went to get toilet paper from Walgreens and I turned around and found out I got some more paper towel. So when y'all tell me to find my marbles, please help me find my marbles. Um, go DM me at lady underscore Tiffany Ma on Instagram to help me find my marbles because I'm sitting up here with two packages of paper towel. What in the foolery is going on here? So, yeah, um, let me tell y'all something. I spent the whole entire weekend doing something which is good for me. Um, shout out to everybody that came to my great-grandmother's birthday party. She turned 93 over the weekend. It was a success, um, but, um... You know, my Howard Hughes started going off a little bit. But it was cool. It was fun. The hot dogs were good. The beans were good. And both cakes and cupcakes were delicious. Um, so thank you. Thanks to anybody that came or contributed to my great-grandmother's birthday party. Everything is appreciated. We appreciate you for coming and to celebrate her. Um, so yeah. Uh, another thing, uh, uh, I want to talk about my movie selection this weekend. I saw the new Netflix movie, not Netflix, Amazon movie, Amazon Prime movie called The Tomorrow War. Girl. Let me tell y'all something. That movie, first and foremost, it took kind of the same premises as Pacific Rim, except for the fact that the spaceship kind of low-key, uh, crash landed and was frozen in the tundras. And... It's just getting to my head because I'm just wondering, y'all keep doing these movies and everybody think aliens are going to come from out of space, out of a sky, when the truth of the matter is, they're probably still right here. We don't know what's frozen under these glaciers, under the tundras in Siberia, Russia, because what happened was, I ain't going to tell y'all the premises of the movie. Well, I kind of did tell y'all the whole thing with the movie, but... Let's just say this. 
Y'all know there's areas that's frozen tundras, like this frozen solid, specifically the Siberian area, um, Russia, anywhere where it gets really icy cold, they have tundras, okay? You don't know what's under them ice caps. People talk about they don't want the ice cap to melt. What if you find out that your biggest enemy is frozen in those ice caps? The threat to humanity is frozen in those ice caps. What if you find that out? So, yeah, it's a very interesting movie. Um, Y'all should check it out. Um, Yeah. So, y'all know, um, I got to talk about what's going on over the weekend. Um, I'm doing my little rundown before we get to my whole topic. Um, so you guys know in Miami, um, there was a combo, a condo collapse in Miami. Um, they're still finding people. They're still finding bodies. Um, so, you know, y'all keep your hearts and your prayers and y'all keep the vibration up for the people in, um, Miami, Florida. Um, because, um, not only, um, the condo, it's, the condo has collapsed, but there's also a hurricane that's about to land. I told y'all about Hurricane Elsa. So just pray that they get all the bodies, whether they're dead or alive, out from underneath um, the condo rubble. The um, but um, this story I found um on homepage company TV, and it says grieving firefighter found his own child's body from Florida condo that collapsed last week. It said my Miami firefighter working at the site of the Florida building collapsed Thursday was among a crew of search search workers who recovered the remains of his own daughter. A report said Friday. Now I've been holding this story for over the weekend, so it's not a new story, but it's a story that stood out to me, and I felt like I need to report it. I probably should have reported it Sunday, um, but yes. The grieving father wrapped the seven-year-old victim of last week's Chaplin Towers collapse in his jacket and placed a small U.S. flag on the gurney, according to the WPLG TV. The child uncle was also among the rescuers. It goes without saying that every night since the last Wednesday has been immensely difficult for everybody, and particularly the families that have been impacted. Miami-Dade Mayor Daniela Levine Cava said Friday. So, y'all, once again, keep your hearts and prayers out for people. Um, and I also saw a report before I started this podcast that they found three more remains. Um, so, y'all, pray for the people and um, who are affected by the condo collapse in Miami, Florida. Um, this next article is from Hollywood Unlock. Um, and y'all know that Britney Spears is going through a conservatorship that she wants um, rights over herself. Um, but this story is getting very interesting. Um, I would love to condense this story into one podcast, but I'd love to give you bits and pieces while I'm at it because this story is getting very interesting. Um, she's trying to fight over conservatorship over from her father. And that's the part that's intrigued to me, intriguing me because it feels like, I don't know, something ain't right about this. But I'm going to continue with this um, article from HollywoodUnlocked.com and it says it's from Deja Monet. She wrote it. It says, Britney Spears called 911 nights before the court hearing. Lynn Spears finally opened up about her daughter's conservatorship battle and said she was mixed. She has mixed feelings about the case. During an interview with the New Yorker, Lynn Spears explained how she was mixed feelings, how she has mixed feelings about the entire situation. It says, I don't know what to think. 
is a lot of pain and a lot of worry. According to page six, while speaking with Ronan Farrow and Gia Talentino, Talentino, Tolentino, Lynn spoke in a whisper and told them that she will hang up abruptly if a family member walked into the room. It was also revealed that Britney Spears contacted 911 the night before her testimony to have her conservatorship ended. Allegedly, Spears made the call to report herself as a victim of abuse in the conservatorship. So this, this situation is getting very disturbing. Um, this next story I found on All True Tea, uh, but it came from the Jasmine brand, and it says Olympic champion Brianna McNeil will miss next to Olympics after a court upheld her five-year ban for a missing drug test. She revealed she missed tests because she was a bed in bed recovering from an abortion. There's a lot going on in this article. Um, so she wrote, and I think it was it Instagram or was it on Twitter, where she says, I sat through two hearings, one held on April 2021 and July 2021. And listening to white European men tell me how my experience doesn't match with their perspective. They criticized me and overly judged my decision making, completely ignored the fact that I was under physical and mental trauma after undergoing an abortion. And that was not in the right mental capacity when making certain decisions. They never expressed any sympathy with my situation at the second hearing. They even brought in the clinical psychiatrist to undermine my mental health. I watched them try to discredit the doctors we used to testify about the abortion stigma. I couldn't stop thinking to myself, how could these men tell me what type of experience I should have had? How can these men who would never in a million years be in my shoes tell me anything I should be going through? So instead of being met with some sort of compassion and understanding, I was being interrogated and stigmatized. Should my career pretty much be over because I had the date of my abortion wrong by 24 hours? The event did happen. It was 100% the reason why I missed the test. I was physically and emotionally drained the entire week. The doping control office came to my house at 6 a.m. on Sunday, by the way, and I was home. But the World Athletics are hung up on the paperwork instead of the real reason why I missed the test. As I stated, instead of being met with some empathy and understanding, I was being overly criticized and criti criti overly judged and criticized by clerical error because they couldn't possibly fathom being in my shoes. I am a clean athlete. Never have I ever taken a banned substances. But I am being treated like one of the worst dopers out there. To be clear, I have been tested no less than 70 times, including three days after this missed test and at the Olympics trial, and I have never tested positive. I am being excommunicated from the sport as if it was shooting up drugs my entire career. My peers and I know how screwed up and flawed the system is, and this goes beyond below the belt. Where are the people that are supposed to protect the athletes that are doing things right and finding themselves in human mistakes? And I don't like to take it there, here, but I can't help but wonder if I was a white woman or a European, would I have been met with the same sort of consideration? Uh, I believe so. I'm not going to lie on that situation. I know something. And when I know something, I know something. It ain't racism, honey. It's about your era as a woman. Um, and I'm not judging her for making the decision to have an abortion at all. I just know that when it comes to women and women being athletes, there's no consideration of all the things that women go through as athletes. So it's a woman situation. Um, it does have to do with that. And they're judging you because they're trying to figure out why you got an abortion. Um, and why are you telling them that you had an abortion? Because it's something that's unspoken of. Getting an abortion is a taboo. 
Um, it's still taboo. Even though you might have rights in certain countries to get an abortion, it's still a taboo subject. So uh, I'm gonna stop right there because she she wrote a lot. Um, and though this is not this is not Shakara Richardson, this is um, Brianna McNeil, and she said that they have banned her for five years from the Olympics because she missed the drug test. And she said it was because she had an abortion. And she's saying that they don't care and that she does not have the right paperwork. Um, and so that makes you question, you know, why she didn't have the right paperwork for an abortion. Um, so if this is deep. And my thoughts and prayers go out to her. Um, it's unfortunate, like, the world's best athletes um, can't perform or do anything like that. But rules are rules. And she missed the test. But with her, I mean, she said it's because of paperwork. And you are supposed to have paperwork unless she had a back alley abortion. Which, once again, is a taboo subject and different people feel different ways about abortion. So, I don't know how to feel about that. That's that's weird. And I feel like an abortion is a personal choice. Um, but why would she get an abortion before she go get tested for drugs? I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of excuses on her part, but it's not understanding on either side. So, yeah. All right. Um, so, the next article I got, once again, is um, about Britney Spears. This whole Britney Spears situation has been a mess. Um, and it's from The Reality Bitch. It says, Jamie Spears, I'm not the one who makes Britney life miserable. So her father finally comes out and speak and he says he has fired back at his daughter's allegation. And he has taken away her freedom and even his, her right to marry. He said that all falls on his successor. Jamie files document, filed legal jock docs claiming he's not had any involvement in Britney Spears' personal conservatorship, meaning making personal decisions on behalf of Britney for nearly two years. Furthermore, he says he hasn't even spoken to his daughter in a long time because he has been cut off from communicating with her. And see, this is the part where I tell you something ain't right, something ain't right going on over here. You know, she's trying to get conservatorship over her father, and her father said he has no control of what goes on with her. So this is where things get interesting for me. Jamie lays any blame for the restricted rules on the current personal conservator, Jody Montgomery. He says when Britney's lawyer filed doctor on point Montgomery, he claims at the time Britney did not have the mental capacity to make decisions about her medical treatment, and therefore it was left to the conservator of her person, now Jody Montgomery. Jamie says bluntly that the court never found she was unable to consent to medical treatment, and the court never made such an order. The upshot, Jamie claimed it was Britney's own lawyer, Sam Ingham, who had been seeking to take away his client's right to make medical decisions on her behalf and vest those decisions solely in Montgomery's hand. Furthermore, Jamie says that Brittany had been restricted from marrying or having a baby. It's on Jody Montgomery, not him. In fact, Jamie said he consented to Brittany's marriage when she got engaged to J Jason Treadwick in 2011. But as you know, they broke up in 2013 before tying the knot. See how interesting this story is getting? Next story. Um, this is I found this on JB Cunin. Cunin or Kinnan. 
Um, and basically, it says an entire McDonald's staff quit their jobs and recorded it on TikTok. I don't know if I gave my opinion on here. I know I gave it um, privately somewhere else. But um, I'm going to say this. <laughs> Go watch. What's his name? He gives a good example of how McDonald's managers are. If you see how they treat their employees at McDonald's, you will walk out too. That's all I'm going to say. This next article I found is from BarlowAlert.com, and it says Virginia parents arrested at the police found remains of their son's body in a freezer. This is blogged by Pistol Whip, yeah. 49, oh, it says Cassine Weaver, 49, and Dina D. Weaver, 48, have been arrested after authorities found their son's body in a freezer. The parents of the Chesterfield boy was charged with conspiracy to conceal the body of Elil Adon Weaver, who was supposed to leave me under the age of five at the time of his death, WIC news station reported. According to the newspaper, New York Post, investigators received a tip to search a couple's house in May that is when they found the body in the freezer in the garage. Why are you granted the rights to have kids once again? The cause of death has not been released, but authorities say he may have ha have died between two and five years ago. Oh, my God. He be dead for a minute. Chesterfield Police Major Mike Luke said that the, the state medical examiner officer had to bring in some specialist forensic anthropologists to determine a way to thaw those remains out so we didn't lose anything or do any damage to remains. So we still be able to determine whether there was anything of eventual value. This is the first time I've seen anything like this. It's heartbreaking case to observe, Luz told reporters. The parents have also been charged with failure to render aid to the child. The father also been charged with domestic assault and malicious wounding of an adult female. But police haven't released any details about the case. Both have been released on bond and are scheduled to appear in court on August the 5th. Okay, so their child was in the freezer and y'all still released these damn... Okay, got you. Got you. <laughs> I see you. We see each other. Like, I think if you touch a child, you should be in jail with no bond. Period. Okay? Children don't ask to be here, and I'm tired of fucking idiots that have them trying to take them away and be nasty to them. This next story is from Juicy Talk Radio, and it says a mega church pastor issues 200K reparation payments each to survivor of Tulsa Massacre. A church is giving reparations to the survivor of the Tulsa Massacre, a total of $200,000 each up for, to three survivors. Transformation Church Pastor Michael Todd, who is a black man in Bixby, Oklahoma, is using his wealth from his popular mega church to transform the lives of Tulsa massacre survivors who have been scared for a century, Christian Post reported. For Todd, he is grateful for the survivors with to live their lives and testify before Congress this year 
As he said, this virus made it possible for him to claim a white church in North Tulsa and turn it into a transformation church. I told the team, I said, find me every living survivor that lived this Tulsa race massacre. And they began to search. And I said, the most devastating thing that was stolen from people were their homes. And I said, how in the world do you reveal when you go to sleep on a Thursday, on a Friday, and all your memories, all your life savings, everything that you built your life for is rubble in front of you. And you got to go to the fairgrounds and stay on a cot to try to rebuild your life from ashes, he said. I read in the Bible where it says God is the only one that gives beauty from ashes. That's a good thing. It's nice to hear that our mega church pastor is actually given to something that needs to be given to. So that's nice to hear this story. Um, but the government owes him. He don't owe them. The government owes them. He didn't do anything to these people. This next article is from HollywoodUnlocked.com, and it says the fight erupted in L.A. over dispute about transgender women using female change rooms at spa. This article was written by Deja Monet, and it says demonstration for trans rights turned violent after a viral video uploaded by a woman who was upset when a transgender woman was changing in a room, woman's room at a spa. The demonstration took place early Saturday afternoon in front of the Y-Spa in Koreantown, and the LAPD declared them to be an unlawful assembly. A man wearing a blue Obey Jesus shirt was attacked after he pushed a, count, a counter-protest in addition to being hit with a skateboard. Moments later, the scene erupted in chaos among protesters and the police officers. Prior to the demonstration, a video was uploaded by one of the spa customers who was outraged when a transgender woman was changing in the women's room. She said in the video, so it's okay for a man to go into a, the women's section, uh, show his penis around other women, young little girls, underage in your spa. We spa condone that. Is that what you're saying? Why are you looking at all at her penis? I mean, come on. Why are you over there looking at her penis? have an opinion on that i really don't next story um it says uh this is from ballalert.com virginia woman defends relationship with man 44 years her senior we already know what that is mm -hmm. this was blogged by aaron boogie and it says a virginia woman is defending her relationship with a 44 year uh, with a man 44 years her senior, insisting that they are just like any other couple. Connie Cotton, 24, met Herb Dickerson, 68, when she began volunteering at the Charlottesville Homeless Shelter he worked in worked at in 2018. The two bonded over addiction recovery and quickly moving in together. Four months later, when Cotton was celebrating 18 months sober, he proposed. Cotton said the strangers have called her the sugar baby. The couple initially faced criticism from their families and friends, but she said after several years together, their loved ones have come around. People were shocked when we got together, she said. The most common comment I get is people thinking that I'm with him for money. They think it's a sugar daddy relationship. Or they think he's with me just for sex because I'm younger. Even though their gap, age gap is substantial. Cotton was immediately attracted to Dickerson as they talked more, their connection only deepened. I didn't know what to think at first. It was a bit unusual she was flirting with me and I was on the job at the time, Dickerson said. The couple hoped to marry and make the most of the time they have together. 
Though Cotton admits she sometimes worry about how much she has left with him. Why are you worried about how much time you got left with him, girl? And um, they met in a humbling way, so I can't say she a gold digger. That concludes today's topics uh, of discussion. Or uh, not topics, stories that I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this whole little thing with Lil Duvall and Erica Mena. But I don't even want to give her any clout. I just don't like her. I don't like her. So I just don't want to give her no clout. But it was all about the fact that she, her husband... Or the husband that hates her ass found her at a club, found him at the club with Kaylin Garcia, and she did not like it. And I'm like, girl, nobody cares. Okay, we dealt with the whole season of you being in a polygamous relationship. You had a boyfriend and a girlfriend, and for some reason, you still was unhappy. <sighs> With that being said, um, today's topic is going to be about the conspiracy theory that the real Paul McCartney didn't die. The real Paul McCartney died and that the one that we got now was a fake one. Um, I don't know if you heard about this conspiracy theory. I heard about this one 10 years ago because they, they said the same thing about Michael Jackson. And they said that Michael Jackson was played by somebody else. So, you know, they said that Michael Jackson, the reason why Michael Jackson had such a transition between being black and white was because the real Michael Jackson was black. And then later on in his life, he was played by a white man. Um, I don't know how many of you guys believe that conspiracy theory. But y'all know I love talking about things that are quirky like that. So this one is about Paul McCartney. And that he really died in a car accident years ago. Um, because y'all know that his first wife, I think his first wife that looked like the uh, other girl that had no had one leg, the other woman that had one leg, they said, I think she died in a car accident back in the day. Am I not mistaken? We'll find out when I read this article. I thought I, I say more than one. Okay, this article was written by the Rolling Stone. Um, and it said it was written October 11, 2019. It was written by Rob Sheffield. And it said, Paul is dead, the bizarre story of music, most notorious conspiracy theory. The whole phenomenon, however, accidentally shows how crazy and revolted fans love can get. 50 years ago, a Detroit DJ accidentally started the biggest hoax in rock and roll history. The Paul is dead craze. It blew up on October 12, 1969, when Russ Gibb was hosting his show on the WKNR. A mysterious caller told him to put on the Beatles' white album and spin the number, number nine, number nine intro from the Revolution Nine backwards. When Gibbs tried it on the air, he heard the words, Turn me on, dead man. The clue kept coming at the end of the Strawberry Fields Forever, John says. I buried Paul. What could it all mean? Y'all know about that backtracking, right? <laughs> Girl! They said there's a Jay-Z song, girl. What's a Jay-Z song that he did? It ain't that you backtracking. He said something awful about doing something Jesus, girl, girl. 
Let's continue this. It means the Beatles were hiding a secret. Paul McCartney got killed in a car accident back in 1966, and a band replaced him with an imposter. The rumors spread like wildfire, and as fans searched their Beatles albums for clues, 50 years later, Paul is dead. Remains the weirdest and most famous of all music conspiracy theories. It became a permanent part of the Beatles' lore, a total fan-generated phenomenon that the band could only watch with amusement and exasperation. exasperation. I know what the word is. I had to get it out. As Paul told Rolling Stones in 1974, someone from the office rang me up and said, Look, Paul, you're dead. And I said, Oh, I don't agree with that. (laughs) (coughs) It's the reaction for me. It's the, I don't agree with that. I'm not dead. What are you talking about? Needless to say, it was, wasn't true. Paul is not just gloriously alive. He's still peaking as a songwriter and performer, debuting number one last year with Egypt Station. But at the Detroit radio broadcast, people pounced on the story. Two days later, the Michigan Daily explained the Abbey Road cover as a funeral procession. The preacher, John and White, the undertaker, Ringo and Black, and the corpse, poor Macca, and bring it up rear, George in blue, denim as the grave digger. Man, even in conspiracy theories, George gets shafted with the dirty work. Yeah! Y'all be doing George, George Roman. Here's how the rumor went as summed up by Nicholas Schaffner, the end of Beatles forever. Paul died on November 9th, 1966. He drove away from Abbey Road late that night before a stupid bloody Tuesday, then blew his mind out in the car. He was officially pronounced dead, OPD, on Wednesday morning, 5 o'clock. Which is why George pointed to the line on the Sergeant Pepper sleeve while Paul wears an OPD patch. But the other Beatles decided to hush up the news so Wednesday morning papers didn't come. Somehow they kept Paul's death a secret and replaced him with a lookalike. They kept Paul's death a secret, replaced him with a lookalike, then dropped slight hints about the cover-up scam. The apostle wrote, hey Jude, in Blackbird, which means he's the guy who probably should have had Paul's job in the first place. Fans began to whisper about all the clues on the just-released Abbey Road. Look at the cover. Paul's barefoot, out of step with the others, holding a cigarette in his right hand. The real Paul was a lefty. The Volkswagen with the 28 IF license plate, that, that's how old Paul would have been if he's still alive. He was 27. No theories was too, was, was too ridiculous to get taken seriously. Fans eagerly believe Wallace in Greek from quartz. It isn't. Is Scandinavian. On the goo 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 jube is what Humpty Dumpty said in James Joyce Finnegan Wake before his fatal fall off the wall. Nope, sorry, I am the walrus in with a live BBC broadcast of a fatal scene from Shakespeare, King Lear, with Oswald groaning, Oh, untimely death. That's one's true. That one's true. John just taped it off the radio one night and liked how it fit with the song. And in a glass onion, John sings, here's another clue for you all. The rowers was Paul. 
I'm not going to say nothing because I get in trouble for saying what I'm thinking. When the rumors blew up, Paul was neither dead nor or walrus. He was in a seclusion on his Scottish farm with Linda, Heather, and their six-week-old daughter, Mary, known to the world as the infant cradle in his later jacket and Linda's most famous photo. With a newborn baby to care for, a first for Paul. He was in no mood to indulge the media frenzy. He told the Rolling Stones, they said, look what you are doing to do about it. About it. It's a big thing breaking in America. You're dead. And so I said, leave it. Just let them say it. I'll probably be the best publicity we've ever had. And I won't have to do a thing except stay alive. So I managed to stay alive through it. John, Legend, John, John Lennon, sorry. Calling the same Detroit radio station on October 26th fumed is the most stupid rumor I've ever heard. It sounds like the same guy who blew up my Christ remark. John denied any coded message. I don't know what the Beatles record sound like, records sound like backwards. I never played them backwards. Or that he was the preacher at a funeral. They said I was wearing a white religious suit. I mean, did Humphrey Bogart wear a white religious suit? All I got is a nice Humphrey Bogart suit. John Pick was understandable. He was releasing his solo single, Cold Turkey, the record where he finally dished the Lennon McCartney credit, and his wedding album with Yoko. The last thing on earth he wanted to talk about was Paul Bare Feet. The attorney, F. Lee Bailey, hosts a TV investigation cross-examining witnesses like Alan Klein and Peter Asher. Beatles scholar Andrew J. Reeves, in his wonderful history of phenomenon, turned me on dead men, script of the TV trial. McCline was asked why John said I buried Paul. He claimed on the particular tape his guitar buried Paul's sound. Image Alan Imagine. Sorry. <sighs> Imagine you know what the screen just want to sit up here and flip today. Imagine Alan Klein not giving a straight answer. The record rack got flooded with quickie exploitations like Josie Felicino, Felicino, Solon Paul under the name Werbley Fenster, and, bro and Brother Paul by Billy Shears and the All-Americans. The best of these tunes were all Paul Bearers by Zacharias and the Tree People. It was actually a decent Buffalo Springfield imitation with the lament. See the past insinuation OPD on his sleeve wearing black sweet carnations while bringing mystery. Something about the Beatles has always inspired death rumors, even in the early days. As Mark Lucian, Lewishan, 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 reported in Tune In, where originally bassist Stu Stucliffe quit in 1961. Mercy Beats printed a letter from a man fan asking if it was true that this member of the Beatles had been killed in a car crash. But this one was different. The novelist Richard Price in a hilarious 1984 memoir for the Rolling Stone recalled listening to the 1969 college radio show with fans sharing their off-the-wall theories. Here come the sun playing backwards at 78 RPM says, Whoa, is Paul. He calls the DJ just for the kicks of hearing his voice on the radio. You know what 84% of all the coffins in England are made up of, it might be 
Norwegian wood. At first, the fab, long-suffering press officer Derek Taylor brushed off the latest hoax. They're always trying to start one of those. It happened before. Their calls will stop coming in a few days, but this time it called. the calls didn't stop. Richard DeLillo booked the longest cocktail party given its Given gives an inside account of the chaos that hit Apple. With Paul off the grid in Scotland, Taylor kept denying the gossip with all his unusual charm. Paul McCartney, who wrote, and I love her, still loves you. It's still alive and has a lot to write. There are a thousand songs written, unwritten, and much to do. But in the Apple, Apple office, he added, we start our own rumor that the public is dead from the neck up and they've been using it standing thistle mile of a brain for the past three and a half years. Like magazine sent a reporter out to stalk McCartney on his farm. After throwing a bucket of water on them, Paul McCartney agreed to an interview and photo just to make this mess go away in the November 9 cover story. McCartney is still with us. He casually added the Beatles thing is over, but nobody noticed. That's how over the top the whole stereo was. Paul could drop a bombshell like this and people missed it because they were too busy scrutinizing his chin and or jaw for the proof that was with faith. As he told Mojo in 2009, I think the worst thing that happened has that I could see people sort of look at me more closely where his legal ears always like that. By 1970, nobody seriously believed Paul was dead, but for some reason, the story remained hugely popular. Long after it was debunked, it became a timeline, timeless ritual of fan culture to check out the clues for yourself. Countless pallbearers over the years have held up a butter knife to the back cover of the Abbey Road so we could see the reflection of a human skull. It's there to the right of the S. Or put the side two of the White Album, drop the net needle on the vinyl right after I'm so tired and spun it backwards to hear the word Paul is dead. Man, miss him. Miss him. Hell, the cover of his first album was a bowl of cherries, as in life is just. But the bowl was empty, which could only mean Paul was staring the world's first humorous solo career. As we all know, John was saying cranberry sauce, not very Paul. And the OPD patch said OPP, a gift from the Ontario Proven Provincial Police. But that didn't spoil anyone's fun, as Schaffner wrote. It's a genuine folktale of the mass communication era. The story outlived Russ Gibb, who died in, in, in April 2019. Paul did not comment. It also outlasted the band, as it turned out, something major really did happen to the Beatles on November 9, 1966. It was the day John met Yoko. Fortunately, Paul is still around to celebrate his anniversary. He's been alive, to meet, been, he's been always... He's always been demused by the whole thing, even calling out album Paul is Live. It was more than just a rock star rumor. It inspired ordinary fans to turn to detectives and permanently change its way of life. It's, what, it's the way people consume music. Paul is dead, walks so Tupac is alive, and Stevie Wonder can see. And there are 12 different Avalavis. <laughs> girl, y'all, ooh, damn. Those are my next topics, by the way, girl. Every time Taylor Swift hits, she should 
count the palm trees in her new video, she's tapping into 28 IF legacy. She buried John Mayer. The whole phenomenon, however, actually show how crazy and devoted fans love can get, and that's really why the Paul is Dead legend on legend lives on. It's a tribute to all the love, life in the music, long live the Beatles, and long live Paul. So that was the topic of today. Paul McCartney died, honey. So, you know. Uh, this is one of many. And yes, I am going to do Tupac. I already did Michael Jackson. And I might do the 12 different Apple Levines. Um... This is why I don't like when y'all go to the internet and announce someone is dead. Y'all been doing it since forever. Um, and it did just this 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 whole thing, like they said, you know, Paul, um Paul is dead thing, it goes to where y'all keep announcing people are dead. Some of y'all have said Britney Spears died. I remember years ago we were on the internet and people said Britney Spears has passed away. Y'all try to drop Biz Marquis. Y'all tried the job of Witch Coast Safari from Flavor of Love. Stop making that news, okay? If the person is still alive, the person is still alive. And apparently, I believe Bill's Marquis made it through the weekend. Um, So, uh, this is why I don't like when y'all say people are dead. Because it takes legs and people believe that shit. So, it's, it's very interesting. And... It's become a problem and it's worse than it's worse now than it was back then because y'all always hearing somebody die. Um, so yeah. With that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. Do not be making a story if you did not hear from the family or close friends of someone that they have passed away. Do not announce that that person has died. Wait until their family and friends announce it. Um, you gotta be careful what you say. Um Thank you guys for listening to my podcast. This is My Mind Emporium. Y'all stay alive, okay? Because there's people who have died who have not died before. I'm outie.